Welcome to Next Gen Now with Rudina Cesare, your inside track to technology, innovation, and the startup world. Rudina bridges listeners with the brain trust of the business world, speaking with early adopters and industry leading innovators. Each week, she gives you a backstage pass to the people designing, building, and marketing the companies, products, and services of the future. Now, WebmasterRadio.fm presents Next Gen Now with your host, Rudina Ciceri. Thanks for joining us. I am Rudina Ciceri, partner at Fairhaven Capital, and I invest in technology startups. You can follow me on Twitter at Rudina11. And for those of you who don't know, that is R-U-D-I-N-A and the numbers one and one. I welcome you, our listeners, to this edition of Next Gen Now. Today on the program, we will talk about the role of PR in shaping awareness and the growth trajectory of a new startup company. My guest for today is Mike Farber, partner and founder of Lunch Squad's Boston office. Mike has two decades of public relations experience, having previously served as senior vice president at Schwartz Communications. In his tenure to date, he has launched a wide range of technology companies, guided clients through successful IPOs, and helped many others become acquired. It is really my pleasure to welcome Mike Farber to today's show. Welcome, Mike. Hey, Rudina. How are you today? I'm good. I'm well. Thank you. So, um, rather than sort of start at a usual high-level format of interviews, you and I are good friends, so I'm just going to jump right in. I really, if uh, sitting in sort of from a position of a young startup, and I'm going to focus largely on tech startups, right off the bat, if you met a startup founder today and they asked for your advice on three suggestions or guiding principles on how they should handle their PR announcements right off the top of your head, what would those be? It's, it's, it's a bit of a loaded question and a tough one <laughs> and a good one to start the conversation with. Uh, but, you know, different, different situations for different companies, right? So in the scenario where it's a company that's coming out of the, you know, quote-unquote stealth world, a company that has never been talked about in the press, something that might have been in tech stars or something that no one's really talked about before and they want to make sort of a, a, a presence known, um, there's a lot of things for them to think about. But, you know, three of my favorites. Um, first, think big and bold. Um, I think a lot of times what happens with companies is – when they go out to make their first impressions, they may be a little bit too focused on features and functionality and not grand enough with thinking about what is the big problem that they're trying to solve. Um, secondly, I think that you got to have some news. Keep your trap shut until you actually have <laughs> something to announce. Right. Okay. So you know, it, it it could actually be funding. You know, like like they've raised some you know fairly significant money from a from a, a from a VC firm or a well-known group of uh, inv- uh, angel investors. Right. It could be that they've got a product, right? Um, and the product maybe even has like somebody that might have been using it in a beta scenario. But you don't want to just like go out there with nothing, right? And um. um- 
And so uh, I'm on the thing big and bold, though, and I know you have a third one probably, but I'm on the thing big and bold. So it's one thing to think big and bold from a positioning perspective. Don't just go talk about this little tiny feature. Talk about how you're going to change the world. But then also you want to get big and bold coverage on the media side and who's writing about you. How do you get their attention? Yeah, it's, 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 it's tricky, right? Because there's a million companies out there that are starting up. Uh, the good news for this millions of companies starting up is there's a fair amount of outlets, particularly sort of the tech blogosphere company, uh, or, uh, opportunities like TechCrunch, um, where they cover this thing fairly routinely. Um, but what you have to do is you have to be pretty aggressive at this opportunity because the reality is this may be your best opportunity for at least a few months to get the kind of coverage that you really want to get. Um, and, you know, what that means, I don't know how tactical you want to get here, Rudina, but um, what, what that really means is you need to think about the outlet that matters most to your business. And for some companies, it's going to be something like TechCrunch. Um, you're going to want to think about the sort of rules of engagements with that publication. And what I mean by that is some companies want to be told things in advance in an embargo fashion. Some companies don't care if other publications have written about it. Uh, And you want to have a nice tight story for them. And uh, so is this, you know, as you speak of an embargo, is the notion of exclusivity really a strong one? Because it's a catch-22. I've had portfolio companies of mine where they will get coverage by the Journal or TechCrunch or you name it, the, the Globe, Beta Boston, whatever. But um, but the condition sometimes is that they get an exclusive on the story. And it's a little bit of a catch-22 from, a, you know, from the founders and companies' perspective. On the one hand, you want that great public publication to give you undue attention, if you will. On the other hand, you want the other 10 to cover you also. How, do, how, how should they balance on that? They should balance it by, you know, doing what everyone should do when they're making marketing decisions, which is think about their own business and what's going to propel their business forward in the best way. Uh, and in some cases, if they get that one strategic placement, in a publication that's going to drive their business forward, i.e. it's going to give them sort of the visibility they need to potential customers, potential employees, uh, potential funders, and they would go deeper with that exclusive story, then, yeah, that's probably a pretty good bet. Um, but if they feel like, you know what, we have really a bunch of different audiences to talk to, and we need to just basically try and get seen by as many people as possible, then that's the argument to go broad. Um, but I'll tell you, Radina, I mean, these days, going broad is really tough. The, bar, the, the, the barrier for entry for multiple publications to take news embargoed without an exclusive right. is, you know, 50-plus million dollars series, series A. I mean, it's really, really, because there's so many companies with news out there. Yeah. So, so the trend that you're really highlighting and sort of uh, the maybe slight preference given the circumstances of the market, you're saying um, go perhaps just with a limited number of publications and be okay with the exclusive, but you get m- meaningful coverage with those limited publications. Is that correct? Generally speaking, it's correct, but each company needs to look at their own sort of business and what they think will move it. But, you know, in my experience working with companies, you know, getting that deep coverage in a publication that's really strategic to them um, that they can then use again. And this gets into another sort of thread around sort of like 
basically content distribution, if you will. If you think about media coverage as content, um, then it's up to the company to really take advantage of it and really get that out there. So do you have um, one or two examples of amazing execution of startup companies in getting coverage? Yeah, I mean, we... Um, I, you know, one of my favorites is a Boston-based company here called Society of Grownups. Um, and, of you know, this is a company. Uh-huh. Yep, called Society of Grownups. So if you, if you remember before I, what I said about thinking big and bold, right? This right. is a company that's attacking a very big, bold problem, <laughs> which is, you know, you basically have these 20 and 30-somethings that know virtually nothing about finances and financial planning and sort of life planning. Right. Um and, you know, part of that is just generational. Part of it is people don't talk about this stuff. Um, and, you know, as a result, they can make some really horrendous decisions when they're really important times to be making good decisions, like, you know, maxing out your retirement as much as you can. And, you know, making sure that, you you know, if you put a down payment on a house, make it 10, at least 10 or 20%. Fundamental decisions. So, so it's, it's, it's a big problem. And the company was formed, you know, in essence, to help people address those problems. And the, it, it, it's a combination sort of physical space in Brookline, but then also an online presence information place. Okay. Uh, so the, the, the strategy was actually to, you remember we talked before about sort of launching exclusively, right. to really focus on the Boston market as the place to launch this. And in this scenario, the company uh, had an event uh, where, you know, in essence, people were invited, potential customers and users were invited to an event with, uh, a, you know, an up-and-coming comedian, uh, Mike Rabiglia, uh, because that was very much sort of with the brand. Um, and that was a scenario then where there was a tremendous amount of coverage and exposure in the Boston marketplace. Right. And now as the company continues to grow and is looking national, uh, they have been able to accelerate off that uh, and receive coverage in national publications because, again, they're addressing a big issue. And they're positioned as experts on these issues, things like oh. USA Today and things like the Today Show. And what I find interesting about that story, actually, well, it's at two levels. One, financial planning as a 20-some or even early 30s. Let me just, you know, boring as hell, at least from a consumer <laughs> endpoint of view, not something that people want to deal with. If they did, um, they would actually, you know, find it interesting, and they don't. They wouldn't need um, this company. So the fact that you turned what an otherwise would be a chore into a cool you know, interesting event I find fascinating. But listen, we have to take a break right now, and when we'll come back, we will continue on um, with this discussion. Next Gen Now will return, staying ahead of the technology curve, after a word from our sponsors. Creating a website is not an easy task, and there are so many companies to choose from. How do I know which one is best? It's a big jump making your site mobile-friendly, generating sales, and answering questions with no struggles. If you want to come out on top, you need Frog on Top. At Frog on Top, we take the time to make your site generate money, not just look good. Our team of experts are WordPress savvy, and our customer service is leaps ahead. See why we say our websites are designed better by leaps and bounds by going to frogontop.com. Frog on Top, your one-stop solution for the web. Frogontop.com. 
Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investments. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. We're back with more Next Gen Now, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Rudina Ciceri. Welcome back to Next Gen Now. I'm Rudina Ciceri, and I'm joined by Mike Farber, and we've been talking about the role of public relations and media announcements and the role that they can play in the successful trajectory of a tech startup. And when we went on break, we were talking about this company called Society of Grown-Ups and sort of my thought that what would have otherwise been a boring, chore-oriented um, business of getting youngsters to financially plan, they have turned into a high awareness and highly entertaining format, at least to announce uh, themselves to the Boston market, which actually makes me think, Mike, um, when I think of press releases, I think of the boring written document that goes out, you know, this is the product and we will conquer the world. But in this day and age of media, multiple formats, I mean, there should be way more diversity in, in announcements. Are you seeing that? Uh, absolutely. Uh in my opinion, and yeah. in LaunchCloud's opinion, the press release is pretty much dead. <laughs> there, if you're a public, I mean, we hate them. They're horrible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're like a, they're like an extraordinarily bad Hollywood script. You know these summer blockbusters where you have like ten different screenwriters to try and come in and write it, and then as a result, it has no voice. The movie has no voice. That's what happens with press releases. Everybody comes in and has an idea on how to write it. And they have a legal need for public companies in terms of disclosure. But the reality is if you are a private company, you don't need to be writing press releases. You can do much more interesting things. Like um, what? Some of the most Besides important markets. news. Of, well, the, the, easy, the easy thing is a blog post. You know, have the person, one person, who was responsible for this product or for this news create a blog post that's very much in the spirit of the company. Um, and if you look at some of the some of the biggest companies out there, like Uber, in terms of big private companies, this right. is what they do. Um, and it's just so much more but, real. 
But let me push back on that for one second, just just for the sake of playing this out. Uh, sure, you can uh, write a blog post, and maybe five years ago that would have made you unique and differentiated. But the uh, you know the war for attention <laughs> is at an all time high. Who's going to give a damn that you wrote a blog? I mean, I get that it's a little bit more creative than a press release. And why do a blog? Why not do a bloody video? <laughs> I mean, I love rich media. You content. can yeah you. You you can absolutely do rich media as well. That's another option. But this comes back to something we, we teased on before the break around, um, you know, basically content syndication and how companies have the opportunity to create their own narrative and tell the narrative themselves. So actually, Mike, on the narrative point, every time you and I have our little get-togethers, um, you always speak of managing content and media in terms of a narrative or storytelling. Um can you hone in a little bit more on that? Because I think that's an important point. I always certainly think of that because of our conversations. You know, we've talked about the format of video blog. We've talked about trying to get a splash. Let's talk about the narrative or the storytelling point that you always make to me. Yeah, so story is so important. Uh, and I think that, you know, in terms of the marketing world, it's something that isn't appreciated enough. And what I mean by that is I am all for analytics and measurement and all that sort of stuff, but there's no soul there, right? If you think about the way that you connect with people, it's through emotion. And the way that happens is through story. And what's really cool about the companies that are starting up and, you know, even larger private companies and public companies is they have stories to tell. And that's a really powerful way to connect with your audiences. But I can get a story by a consumer-oriented startup and, you know, Uber or Drizzly we've had on this show before, even Jibo. But what about if you're in the enterprise storage infrastructure space, not something people are losing sleep over, at least not the broader audiences? How? What story do you tell then? Well, first off, any good story is tailored to your audience, right? So for enterprise companies, they have very specific audiences that they're going after. And there are emotions that those targets have with regards to their work. Think about how much all of us work, right? Right. Eight to 10 to 12 hours a day. And you're going to feel emotion about what you're doing. Hopefully you're passionate about it. You want to do, you want to solve something. You want to protect your network from bad people. You want to make performance go faster. All that sort of stuff people care deeply about. Right. So the trick is to like tie into that emotion with a story, an overarching story that makes people pay notice. And um, let's sort of look a little bit in the, behind sort of the closed doors of how one comes up with a strategy. So think big, get, try to get, you know, exclusives or big distribution if you can, tell a story. When, you know, a startup thinks of their PR strategy, is the term strategy in that an overload? They just need to get a little bit of, uh, you know, media coverage and get back to work? Or is there a lot more that goes into that strategy piece? And you coming from, you know, a PR firm, I'm sure have a certain point of view that says yes. But let, let's, let's play that out a little bit so that we can help all of our entrepreneurs listening to the show. Sure. Um, 
the, you'll be surprised to know. I think there's a lot more, and <laughs> I think part. I think I think part of this is just fundamental sort of definition of what we're talking about. Public relations PR uh, is a term that has been around for a very long time, um, but it has undergone massive change because. If, if you look at the two words, public relations, uh, what, what's happened historically is people then quickly go right to media relations because mm-hmm. media has been the best way to reach your public. But the reality is people get their information from everywhere these days. Correct. They get it through YouTube and video, right? They get it through their social networks. They get it through that microblog. Uh, they get it through you know, uh, Instagram. They get it through all sorts of things. So, so, so what's really fun about being in quote unquote public relations at this point is that the palette of opportunity for how you're going to reach the audience has changed tremendously. So, Mike, that's actually a really good point because I'm curious. Sure, there, uh, you know, you have the story. It's now being covered by a publication. You mentioned TechCrunch or some other publication. Great. Then, does the company in parallel? I mean, they can tweet the story, you know, link to the story. But do they also have to worry about their Facebook and other LinkedIn, maybe social strategies, the blogosphere, or creating video? I- I- how do they do that? Do they, from day one, need to have someone on staff to to be able to handle this part of marketing, even though the product may still not be market ready to be sold or whatever the case may be? Yeah, so it's it's extraordinarily important stuff. Um, and you know what many companies do, you know, sort of at their earliest stages, is they have you know one of the founders or senior level hire who's responsible for marketing. Uh, and it's 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 my recommendation that if you're a really small company, i.e., you're just at the seed stage, there's no need at that point to engage with a with a firm, uh, right. a communications or public relations firm. Um, you should certainly look to you know handle that in house. Um, you know, part of starting any company at this point is setting up those key social channels, right? Uh, and maybe you engage with a video shop to come up with some really cool, like, little video to very cleanly in 60 to 90 seconds explain what your product is and how it works and why it matters. Um, but that sort of initial launch, that initial burst, again, unless you're, like, Series A or more in terms of funding, should, you know, ultimately be done by the company itself, that said, if the company grows the way one would certainly expect, or if you have raised more money, then that's when you should be thinking about engaging with some sort of firm or hiring an internal team to handle this, because it's critically important, and everyone wants information in real time. So to use your scenario specifically, when that TechCrunch article hits, yes, it should be retweeted. It should be on the Facebook feed. Uh, there hopefully is a video that tells the story that the TechCrunch story told, because you sort of sync those two to appear in advance. Got it. Well, now it's time to take another short break, but when we come back, we will look toward the future and see where the PR industry is heading and perhaps even a few final words of advice. Stay with us. Next Gen Now will return staying ahead of the technology curve after a word from our sponsors. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. 
Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is authoritylabs.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point, click, and it's live in real time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. We're back with more Next Gen Now, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's Rudina Ciceri. Welcome back to Next Gen Now. I am Rudina Ciceri, and I've been talking to Mike Farber, partner at Launch Squad. So, Mike, um, as we now sort of the turn our toward the future, where do you think the PR industry is heading, both from its composition? We actually haven't talked much about the fact that a lot of the PR firms are big, big firms with, and usually very expensive, but also in terms of, well, let's stop there. Where is the PR industry and how can heading and how can entrepreneurs interact with it? And then I'll ask my follow-up to it. Sure. So there is, um, you know, the, like like I mentioned in the in the previous segment, the sort of PR industry has been around for a while. And what that means is there's big old legacy players like any other industry, right? Uh, the reality is there are extraordinary changes happening in the way communi- people communicate and c- companies communicate with people. Uh, and candidly, many of those big firms are ill-equipped to do that. They're just a Why? little bit too bureaucratic. Okay. They're a little too big. They're a little too bureaucratic. They're a little set in their ways. Um, what's interesting about people who work at agencies is in some ways they can be a little bit change adverse. That's part of the reason they work at an agency in the sense that they don't want to necessarily go and work with a startup and have that startup blow up and then move to another startup. So as a result, they take a little bit of comfort in the way things have always been done. Um, if you do that in this environment, you will not do your job well. Um, Change is an extraordinarily good thing, and it's really good right now with regards to everything that's happening with communications. Uh, so there's extraordinary opportunity for firms, firms like LaunchQuad, to really expand the possibilities for companies with regards to fully integrating out of the blocks, like social, media, video, any way a company needs to connect with their and audience, to have that agency sort of be the central driver of that and then have that agency be able to sort of bubble up from the day-to-day of what a client does. And in many ways, this is the most important thing an agency can do, sort of allow the entrepreneur to pull out of her own like little world to what is big, what is possible, 
Why did I start this company? Why does it matter? And help her connect with her audiences on that emotional level. And by the way, I have to say, I love the subtle but much appreciated gender of having a female entrepreneur, which we, of whom we don't have enough. So thank you for that. I'm a big, <laughs> propon- a big proponent. Um, so what about, and then by the way, the second thought is you actually have direct experience in starting your own company or at least the Boston office of the launch, of launch squad. So in, in a lot of ways, you can relate directly to the experience of an entrepreneur that is performing 20 functions all as one person in the early days. Um, what about the role of technology in the, PR, in the PR industry and the communication space? Sure. Let me, um, I just want to give a 20-second letter to entrepreneurs. Yeah, okay, I okay. love entrepreneurs like it doesn't matter to me if you're starting a bike shop if you're starting a donut shop if you're if if, if, whatever you're starting the leap of faith that entrepreneurs make is something that any company that that entrepreneur then chooses to work with they need to understand that right and have that be part of the way they're 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 set up so um with that sort of backstory on the technology front what's happened is that um just like every other field, there's lots and lots of money to be made in marketing, right? So technology companies are increasingly um, coming up with really powerful platforms to help communicate messages better. Um, and, you know, you know, obvious examples are companies like, you know, Twitter, uh, and then there are sort of other companies like, you know, Social Flow, which helps with distribution. Uh, there's just so many companies there that uh, agencies can partner with to really help their clients, the agency's clients, get those stories out there in a more effective way. And finally, before we go to your last piece of advice, what about that retention fee that you all ask for? How can a startup you know, know that they're getting a bang for their buck because on the one hand, you are now retained. They will pay the fee no matter what you do. It almost feels as though the PR firm has no incentive to work any harder because it's not performance-based. Loaded question, I know. Oh, no, but it's a, it's, a, it's a fair question, and this comes back to the word leap of faith again. And honestly, this is part of the reason why I think it's important entrepreneurs look for companies like them. In other words, companies that are hungry, companies that have uh, that think big. Uh, I cannot. So, so, two specific pieces of advice: meet the team. If you are considering working with an agency, don't just meet with the founder of the office. Find the people who are going to be doing the day-to-day work and meet with them. And don't expect them to know everything about your company or everything about your product. But figure out if you can trust them if they look smart, if they're driven, if they care. The second piece, references. I mean, you would never have your roof done without checking like a roofer's reference, right? So why (laughs) wouldn't you get two to three references for a PR firm that you're going to work with, right? You'd be shocked at how many companies don't do reference checks. Um, And I know that there's a balance right now between moving fast and, you know, sort of, but but that's that's just bad business practice, honestly. Do you check your references? 
with that, um, I think we're out of time, but I'd really like to thank Mike Farber for joining me today and my producer, Brasco, who truly makes this show possible. And of course, I thank you, our listeners, for partaking in this edition of Next Gen Now. New episodes of Next Gen Now air every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. If there is a topic you'd like for me to cover, please tweet me at Rudina11, that is R-U-D-I-N-A, and the numbers one and one. I am Rudina Ciceri, and I look forward to speaking with you next time right here on Next Gen Now. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.